Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, many times when people hear the word fear, they assume that it's a negative thing and uh, it's a negative response or emotion that uh, people will have. Is fear ever a good thing? Can can it be positive? Well, I'm... I think it can be hugely beneficial, depending on what the situation is. For example, let's say, Jeff, you're leaving. Um, you're leaving work mm-hmm. late at night, and all of a sudden, you're going. So you're going to go to your car, and then next thing you know, all of a sudden, you've got an assailant with a knife in his hand. Mm-hmm. You would want the benefits of fear because all of a sudden there's adrenal, adrenal adrenaline from your adrenal gland mm-hmm. and there, there's a series of things that happen. Um, I'm thinking a story about a, a woman who uh, I read it in the newspaper, and then I learned what happened as a result. Um, her her son, the car a car rolled. The tire was on top of the son's chest, mm. and she wow. saw what had happened, and and uh, she went to the front of the car literally lifted the the car up and somebody pulled the little boy out hmm. my goodness he was saved and wow. and so the there's a film crew who wanted to see this came to her her home and asked her to repeat what happened literally to lift the car <laughs> she couldn't do it the reason she couldn't do it because because she did not have the physical reaction at that moment that she had earlier. In other words, there's a, a contracting of, of muscles to prepare for the fight or flight reaction, uh, dilated pupils to increase vision, especially at night, heightened senses, uh, for the pers- purpose of, of dealing with whatever the feared object is. There's a hyper-alertness, an increased uh, awareness of danger is what we're talking about. There's increased breathing to deliver more oxygen to your body. There's increased energy to provide fuel that you need to take immediate action. There's an increased heart rate to fuel your muscles with blood. There's increased perspiration to cool your body down and prevent overheating. There's increased literally talking to aid in communicating about the problem. There's um, racing mind to provide options to consider. there is even apprehension to um, to proceed with caution. 
And my, my point is, I never forget years ago when I learned what literally happens when there is a, like, a, a type of a panic attack. Uh, there are things that are happening, and if you can know what to do, like, you, there, if there's shallow breathing, then you're to breathe very deeply. As you know, just literally take in that deepest breath and slowly let it out, because that and that will keep a person from hyperventilating over the situation. So the the point is, why would God give us the emotion of fear if it's just always detrimental to us? No, the answer is found in asking another question. If at this moment you were in an emergency situation, as I said to you, like um, someone, a knife in your, you know, uh, where you could be attacked, yes. you would want to have all those increased, the increased strength, the, all these things that, that happen... Uh, that are used in a positive way. So I, I think um, to now part of the issue is learning, like what I just said about a panic attack. If say if people say, "Well, I didn't know. I I don't know that." Well, I would advise you getting our keys on fear, because we detail exactly what to do. If there is a panic attack, um, and how to avoid um, literally, um, you know, there, there are these heart palpitations, but you can know that that deep breathing is keeping you from literally um, going into a full-blown episode um, of, of that intense fear where you feel out of control. So I, I, I love our material on fear because it can really help people know what to do. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies, on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates, and of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight, 800-917. 800-644-4817. Welcome back to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. If you have any questions about tonight's topics or any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living that will help you address your situation and maybe in the the life of someone you care about and you're helping them through a situation in their life and you'd like to point them to some resources, give them a book or two uh, to look at and help them through what they're dealing with and uh, just talk to our customer support team. They'll uh, point you in the right direction as far as those resources. Perhaps it is an online resource you can find uh, especially our uh, Quick reference guides, which are which are uh, uh, just a, a smaller version, a portion of those uh, keys for living that we have. Or you may order the keys for living for yourself and get those in your hands. Either way, customer support can help you with that at eight hundred four eight eight hope. That's 800-488-4673. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, by the way. And uh, again, they can help you with whatever you need. Also, check out the website if you'd like more uh, details, more uh, resources for you. That's hopefortheheart.org slash store. And you find new updated keys for living there. There are uh, over 40 new topics, updated topics in the store, more being added monthly. And uh, just a... Uh, They provide biblical hope and practical help on a variety of topics, such as stress, anxiety, fear, parenting, marriage, uh, so many more topics. Go there and check that out. And uh, also, you'll find uh, June's uh, Place. It is a curated bookstore containing June's uh, books, Bible studies, other resources she's done over the years, also music CDs there as well. Just go to hopefortheheart.org slash store. Let's get to our caller for tonight, and we have returning this evening, Violet. Well, welcome back, Violet. It's good to have you back on the program. How can we help you? Uh, hello, Miss June. How are you this evening? I'm blessed to talk with you. Thank you. Well, the same here. Um, I wanted to ask you a question because the last time we talked, um, you said something that really resonated with me. And um, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit more about it, um, if I could. Absolutely. Um, you um, talked about, I think, toward the end of the program, about um, depression being a heaviness on the heart. And um, I jotted that down because I, I had never thought of it that way before. 
Um, and yet, I have made comments to various counselors over the years to the effect that, well, I, I wish I was a joyful person. I, 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 I wish I could be joyful. Some people seem to go through life life Why can't I? Um, I, I think I've made comments like life always seems uphill or mm. like I'm carrying a bag of concrete. Wow, and, that's heavy. And I felt this way, yeah, even when I, I have felt good. So I, I guess my question for you, and um, I received your uh, materials the other day, and I've started reading through the devotional and writing out the scriptures and personalizing mm. them is <clears throat> one tool yes. I've never been taught before, so I'm grateful for that. Um, but I guess my question to you is, am, am I ever going to be able to get rid of this heaviness? Will, will, it, ever, will it ever go away? It's a great question. And it's an important question. Um, if, if we're talking just about depression, because I, I hear that you're understanding full well what I mean by a weight. Um, I, I say it's like a one of those old-fashioned irons pushing down on a foam heart. You know, they have heart pillows. And if I were teaching on this topic, I would begin by literally having a heavy, heavy iron. And it will it will depress. But it also requires getting that weight off, removing the iron, and it typically comes well, it comes back to its original full shape of the heart pillow. Now, if you leave that heavy iron on for months, it easily, for a pillow, cannot come right back. There's an indention there based on duration. Now, the truth is we all feel at different times that our hearts are pressed down. You can think about the loss of a precious person, whether it's a relative or endeared friend. Um, it, we're talking about the heart is is sensitive and can be hurt. Uh, it, it it's not just the loss physically. It could be some. It, it could be many circumstances that causes the heart to be pressed down. And that can be situational. And this is where it is important to understand there are two different kinds of depression. If you, you know, there, there are different ways you can look at uh, depression. But one way is uh, the cause of depression can be situational, as I just described. Whatever is very endeared to you now is lost. And especially initially, and then for a period of time, that's situational depression, 
where a painful situation presses the heart down for a period of time. There is chemical depression that can occur when the body chemistry doesn't function properly. And a person can have either type of depression. You could have literally both at the same time, but the point is during those heavy-hearted times, hope at the time can seem elusive or uh, the emotions can feel flat. Um, I grew up in a very painful home and I was emotionally flat for a number of years Uh, because, you know, I didn't know how to have joy. So I know what what it's like to be joyless for quite a period of time. That was situational. Um, I think the issue, and and the only reason I mentioned the chemical part is because, like a person, I'm going to, since you're female, I'm a female, a a person who has a child, there can be what is called postpartum depression. It's totally chemical. It's after the birth of a child. There are changes of the chemical makeup of, of us all, all people. Well, in this case, for new birth, not necessarily the first time a child is ever conceived and born into the world. I'm talking about there is a physiological change. And this is why all doctors who are in the birthing business of trying to help people, they all know about postpartum depression and there are things to do to avoid it or if there's that condition. And and the reason for my mentioning it is there are those who don't believe in it. They, they, they'll say, oh, no, no, everything, it's just all mental. You just tell yourself, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I mean, I don't mean that. It's, it's important what you tell yourself. But some people right. think there's just only one solution and it's, uh, if your thinking is right, um, that's going to change the whole uh, future. A- and as much as I would want it to be that, it's and and I used to be very careful about mentioning anything like this. But since we're talking real, you know, I, I'm going to be absolutely truthful with you. It is okay. at times there can be a physiological issue and. There can be a need to, uh, or a person can choose to have some replacement uh, chemicals. No, I'm calling them chemicals. That um, when uh, certain chemicals are lost due to certain circumstances, it can be a certain kind of an illness. Um, Parkinson's. I have a dear friend, uh, um, a man. Um, who, when he had Parkinson's, he he went to his doctor and said, there's something wrong. I'm not a depressed kind of person, but I feel so depressed. And uh, they put him on a, they had him on a medication, and he said, let me give you a different medication, and it totally changed it. Uh, You know, so my point is, um, I want to be just very specific. I want to be accurate with you to say there is situational depression and then there is, some people call it clinical depression or chemical depression. And so we, we've sent that, that material to you, so that would be helpful because it, it really explains the, the gamut uh, of 
it, you know, and it's, it's very helpful when a person hears accurate information based on research. So, um, when when you ask, you know, will I always feel this heaviness? Will I always, or you know, it's like it's like joy is elusive to you, mm-hmm. right? Okay. True. I I remember you made me think of something. Um, I, I, you know, okay, people will say, be happy. And I remember thinking, I can't identify with that word. I, I don't, I don't identify with the word happy. And I mean, I've said this in my later, you know, even adult years. I, um, I remember I used to just think, I, if I can just cope, just cope. I don't know why that word, but it was my objective is to cope. I do know that was situational. I didn't know what to do. And if, when you're, if you're raised in a bizarre home or certain situations that can be quite overwhelming. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, um, you had something very traumatic that occurred when you were 14. I think you told me your father committed suicide. My, my Is that grandpa. Right? Yeah. Your grandfather. Excuse me. Your yeah, grandfather. Yeah. And, you know, um, there are certain circumstances that can be very, very, so, so painful. Um, and it, it's hard, especially when the, the brain does not fully develop until age 25 to 28. How do you process that? And I remember you told me um, it took a, a long time. It's like it was hard for you to forgive him because you felt abandoned, if I'm correct. You felt abandoned by him. That, that's wounding of the heart. That, that's wounding of the emotions. You said, I was angry. Why didn't he stay? It's like we needed him. Now, I have no idea of the circumstance, but whatever it is, you had no choice about that. And so you have to look at your choices now and even knowing that God does have a plan for you which is humongously important. Do you have a heart for people who are hurting and broken? You want to throw them a lifeline, but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one-of-its-kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. Be the person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. 
lifelinetohope.org. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of hope for the heart, and we'd like to thank you for your prayers and continued support of our ministry. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE, and they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. Let me recommend to you the keys for living called Depression, Walking from Darkness into the Dawn. And again, customer support would like to help you with that or any other resource that might be helpful for you. And their number, again, is 800-488-HOPE. 800-488-4673. If you would like to speak with June about a specific situation in your life, and you'd like to do that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, just give us a call. Talk to us about what you're dealing with, what's going on in your life, and we will help you to maybe formulate some questions, what you would like to know about most, and what would help you the best in your situation there. So just call us at 800 800- Night 17. That's 800 N I G H T 17. And so when you call, you'll just leave a detailed message. We'll get right back to you and schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. And we'd love to hear from you and help you to deal with a situation that's in your life. If you have a question for us that maybe you think is kind of a small question or, or you're not quite ready for the live program, just email a question to askjune at hopefortheheart.org. Well, let's return to our caller tonight. We're back with Violet. Well, Violet, as I think about your question or your statement, I wish I could be joyful. Um, I want to make a distinction between what we hear, oh, I just want to be happy, or uh, why, why aren't you just happy? And, you know, um, there is a difference between joy and happiness. And I'm, I'm just going to make this as, I'll, I'll make it my, my observation, not that I'm unique in thinking this, but when you think of the word happy, happy is um, related to happenings. And it's easy to be happy. You can hear a joke and it makes you laugh. Makes me laugh if, if I really like the joke. Um, or something that is uh, 
some, a surprise honor or somebody, you know, just says something so uh, complimentary and you, you didn't expect it, uh, it's, it, make, it can make you, uh, I'll say, happy. You feel happy. But those are happenings. When we read in the Bible, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Um, I, I used to think about that. The joy of the Lord. How do you get that? You have made a comment to me at the very beginning. I sent you the devotional, seeing yourself through God's eyes. I'm going to give you an extra little assignment because you're right. The assignment that you have, you just read one page of a, we'll call it a commentary. I make comments on 30 one um, aspects of your identity in Christ. If you have amnesia, you don't know your identity. A lot of people are walking around as though they have spiritual amnesia. They right. could be Christians and not even know that they could have joy. Um, some people are not Christians. They just happen to go to a Christian church or they believe in the existence of Christ. Well, the enemy of God also believes in the existence of Jesus Christ. It, the issue is, have you humbled your heart and received him as your personal Lord and Savior, giving him control of your life? Well, when you do that, he the Bible says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. He comes in and he becomes the power source for you for your life. He's the, the power source of change, the Spirit of Christ counsels you in the way you should go. So my my thought is, since you haven't done something quite like this, because you're looking up the scriptures, I'm so proud of you, by the way, uh, and I, I said personalize these verses in your own words. And, you know, the, the, the first day was I'm adopted by God. Well, I didn't, I remember, I never heard of being adopted by God until I became an authentic Christian, it was a little while after that, and I thought, adopted? Well, I didn't know the Bible says we are adopted, but we were born into the family of Adam. And then when we come to Christ, we're born into the—Jesus said, you must be born again. Well, born again, you're born into the family of Christ. And then you get his characteristics. All kinds of things happen, but I, I didn't know this until I was in my 20s. And, right, I didn't um, <laughs> Yeah. So, so this can be brand new for a lot of people, and so, um, what? Uh, so, what I'm thinking, because you're asking me about, will I ever be truly joyful? If the joy of the Lord is our strength, what I want you to do is, when you read one of these, you know, like each day, there I give you two scriptures. Uh, to support the point, and we begin with another scripture, um, like um, day two is, I'm a child of God. I happen to love the scripture, 1 John 3, 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. That that's So, so you, you could pick any of the... Three scriptures, of, there, there can be more that, that are on these two pages a day that you read. And pick one of them and just say, thank you, 
to, you know, to turn that into a prayer that you can much later say, or you could do it almost every day. You know, it's like I, I am, I am so grateful. I, I want to thank you for the joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Thank you for the joy that I have a heavenly Father who will never leave me nor forsake me. I thank you that you call me a child of God. So do you see what I'm saying? Take the scripture, not not take what I've said. I've written commentary on there. But I want you to take what God says and say, and, th- and now you're focusing. You see, what we focus on is ultimately what we're going to have uh, as predominant in our thinking, on our emotions. In fact, th- think of it this way. Where do your emotions come from, by and large? From your thinking. In this way. If someone says something very cruel to you, all of, I mean, you're just kind of stunned. You first it's got to hit your your brain of your mind as to what was said and if it was cruel then you can feel hurt right right now you're hurt you and if, if it's unjust you can feel angry because the bible says be angry but do not sin there's a right time when there's injustice to have the emotion of anger now you don't stay there, but that's that's normal. But it's you, you you recognize this is wrong in your mind, and now you feel hurt. You can feel anger. You it can press your heart down emotionally. But that you know we are. Um, you, you think of what what is the soul? It is the uh, mind the emotions, and the will. Or let's reverse that order, the mind, the will, and the emotions. The truth is, if somebody says something cruel to you, if you look at your will, now it's what what will I choose to dwell on? Oh, healthy people, people who are mentally whole, those who are emotionally whole, spiritually whole, they don't say cruel things to hurt other people, do they? No. There's something wrong. Right. Okay, so what am I going to do? Am I just going to say, I'm angry, I'm hurt, I'm just going to stay there? No, your will will, you can line up your will with God's word. He says, pray for those who persecute you, right? Gotcha, yes. So you have a choice. What are you going to do with somebody being cruel to you? What are you going to do with somebody, a, a, a circumstance? Even your grandfather who committed suicide. You said you were angry. You said it was hard for you to forgive him. How could he, like, abandon you? You felt abandoned. You were 14. Right. And that can go on, but see, some people stay there. Instead, you can say, 
I recognize it's not normal for a grandfather to commit suicide. And so, Lord, enable me. Your, your prayer could be, enable me to have compassion to help others who lose someone who is endeared to them in their lives. Teach me compassion so that I'm not just um, dealing with the facts of, oh, so-and-so's father, grandfather, mother, whoever it is, committed suicide. No, can, 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 you, can you enter into your heart being sensitive to that other person's heart? Because I recognize that the reason I can have great compassion is because I had great woundedness early on. And God doesn't waste our sorrows. He doesn't waste the pain that we've had. Do you think, let me just ask very candidly, do you think you can be more compassionate and understanding for someone who uh, has has done something that you think, oh, I can't believe, you know, how, how, how could that person do this? Do you think you could have more compassion for somebody else who's kind of the victim of someone else's wrong choices? Well, I, I tell you, sometimes I feel like I do a better job of being compassionate to others, but I am not compassionate to myself. Hmm. Okay. So what I'm hearing is, yes, you can have more compassion. You recognize that. But that's because you've experienced it. You've been there. And so I think that what um, God is wanting to do is to heal our hearts. The Bible says, heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one that I praise. So part of it is just saying, Lord, these are the painful things in my life. Stretch my capacity for compassion. And may I personally feel your care for me. You know, some people say, well, where is God when bad things happen and I've been hurt? The Bible says, and I love this scripture, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's Psalm 34. Very precious, very precious. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. 
At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. You are listening to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get back to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions or concerns about the topic of depression, we'd like to point you to some resources that might be helpful for you, and you can call customer support at 800-488-HOPE and order that for your for yourself, for your own library. Customer support available, by the way, from Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they can help you access the appropriate resources. I want to recommend to you the keys for living that are called Depression, Walking from Darkness into the Dawn. Also, we have Fear, No Longer Afraid. Those, and as I mentioned, many other resources are available by calling customer support. And uh, their number, again, 800-488-4673. That's 800-488-HOPE. You may also email them at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. That's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Just uh, ask them any questions you have regarding topics and resources discussed in a particular program, and and, uh, they'll be happy to uh, get those to you and uh, point you to where you can find some more information on those. We'd love to help you with that. I want to let you know about one other resource quickly. It is our blog at the website hopefortheheart.org. And that is just about every week we will post something there. And we have resources there on bullying, suicide prevention, worry, sexual addiction. Many other topics are addressed there on our blog at hopefortheheart.org. Now back to our conversation with Violet. Violet, I need your help with something. For some reason, I wrote down the word fear, that if we were going to talk again, um, I I, I don't know why I wrote that down. Are there times when you feel fearful, uh, uncertain, uh, about life or something, I'm just, I don't know, I can't remember why I wrote that down. Uh, quite often, actually, yeah, and, you know, I don't know where it comes from or why. I I just have had 
I guess, issues with self-confidence and self-worth um, all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I honestly don't know where that comes from, but I, I feel like it's um, the root of my anxiety, and um, I have had um, eating disorders in the past in, in my life, Um when I was hospitalized, you know, as I was telling you about last time, um, part of what they were treating me for was was for anorexia. Mm-hmm. And um, then I got through that, and um, here lately it's been overeating. So emotional eating kind of seems to be... Uh, part of the ways I deal with this sort of thing or, or feel like I'm in control um, of, of something. You know, what, what goes in my mouth is something that I can control when I, I can't control these other things. And, and so, yeah, you're, you're really spot on, yes. You know, it's so interesting that you described anorexia the way you did because... We have keys on anorexia, and I never will forget one day um, I was teaching a course called Counseling Through the Bible, and it was a three-year course. I was writing it and teaching it at the same time, and I got to eating disorders. I thought I was going to do both at one time, like overeating and anorexia. Well, all of a sudden, I thought, oh, no, 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 I can't do that, <laughs> and there's no way, uh, and and. There were, it's, you know, what's funny is there were all these people who came and they had gorged thinking because it was, it's, it was, I labeled it eating disorders. And they said, we knew we were going to feel so convicted because I taught it on a Monday night and a Tuesday day, uh, Tuesday morning. And, and both groups of people, we had, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe 75 to 100 people. Uh, did it at a Bible church location, just a general great, great location. And, and, and here are all these people saying, we thought you were going to be talking about overeating. And, but I, instead I taught on anorexia. It's just funny to me that all these people gorge and they, and yet I taught on anorexia. Anyways, you get the joke of that. Um, but, uh, the humor, uh, but, but let me tell you the subtitle of our anorexia and bulimia, we call them keys, like biblical counseling keys, or keys for living. It's anorexia and bulimia, control that is out of control. Oh. Yes. Yes. Control that is out of control. There's, and it's like, I can't control anything else that's going on, but I can control how long I will keep food in my mouth. I have people who are watching me, perhaps, and yes, I will put it in my mouth, but I don't have to swallow. Or if I swallow, I can regurgitate it. But the point is, uh, I am very tender. The people that I have known who have anorexia, they, I, 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 I care so much for their hearts because they're not wanting this. This is not their number one choice. Oh, exactly. But 
they don't know what to do with the circumstances of their lives. By the way, would would you want me to send that to you? Oh, that would be wonderful. Yes, please. Because, you know, you told me last time you're a reading specialist for children, right? Yes. That That's that's very impressive to me. Um, I, I'm, I wish I were a reader then like you. I'm a studier of, of a topic or whatever. But, you know, I care that people not be controlled by their circumstances. Instead, that we allow the Lord to take control of us, no matter what our circumstances are. And that he literally can um, move in our lives to use us exactly as he knows we can be used. Just like, think of the people who have nobody to turn to with anorexia. But you understand that. You right. have... I mean, my, my folks didn't understand it. My mom had, you know, been diagnosed with her early onset Alzheimer's, you know, mm-hmm. not too long prior to that. And they didn't understand it, but they were supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, so I was left in that way. Um, I guess one question I have for you is when... You know, you were talking about prayer a while ago and, and turning things over. There's been, you know, a lot of times in my prayer life where that is something I have struggled with. I I have trouble putting words on what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even telling God, it's, it's like sometimes I can't even tell Him. You know, I I can't find the words, and that's why I was saying to you at the beginning of the program, you know, what what you said last time really resonated with me, because I hadn't been able to put words Mm -hmm. like that on it that that pinpointed um, just exactly what I was feeling. So, you know, I remember when, um, after becoming a Christian, I... Even though I had been in a mainline denomination, our our church just there, there was no people didn't carry Bibles. They didn't read from the Bible in a significant way, and so right. and and I didn't know how to pray, and um, I would be afraid at the end of like if there was a Sunday school class. Now I'm in, and now I'm in a biblically based church, and they always. You know, they would call on somebody to pray. Well, I would pretend I was the hunchback of Notre Dame as though I was looking for something in my purse to hide so I wouldn't get eye contact so that they wouldn't call on me. And um, I was so grateful when, uh, I guess, uh, I was maybe a, a senior in high school now, and um, and then I'm, I'm elected the president of the class, so I could call on everybody. <laughs> but, I, of course, I, but I didn't know how to pray. So, um, I mean, I kind of knew, you know, anybody can do panic prayers. You know, you kind of like popcorn. I call them popcorn prayers where 
oh God, please help me to, if I've got this test or, you know, but that's not exactly what I was talking about. And I remember thinking, okay, the Bible, it, it, there's, there's a scripture before the, what is called the Lord's Prayer, Lord, teach us how to pray. There, the, the disciples were saying, teach us how to pray. And so I said, Lord, would you teach me how to pray? And um, I, I, so I did something. I drove a, what would be a two-mile trek to be able to then, um, and I, I did this at the end of the day. Um, I think at the time I might have been a youth director even, and I, I just remember thinking, okay, I am going to pray for, as I walk. I knew people did that. I couldn't understand how, how can anybody pray? I, I would hear about people who would pray for hours or something. I thought, what on earth? What, what do you think? How, what do they do? I mean, I don't understand. I, I, was, I was, I was, is it, is this, uh, the word is uh, bum fuzzled. I, I couldn't understand it. So, so, um, I, I remember, uh, I started, I actually started doing that just to drive. And, but then I saw somebody with a leopard color, a leopard pattern coat. And then I started thinking about the zoo kingdom and I was totally off. And I thought, oh dear, that didn't work. So then I learned to pray. I prayed out loud. I thought, okay, I, I'm, I, I can't just do it mentally. I need to pray out loud. And finally, I just decided to do it this way. And then I got a little card, like an index card. Lord, who, who, what, what do I, would you, would you let, would you communicate to me who needs prayer? And so at times it would be the most unusual thing. I would put, I'd have this little card in my pocket and I would pull it out and I would pray for family members. But then, Lord, put into my mind who I need to be praying for. And it would be just so unusual because then invariably there'd be a conversation I would have with somebody who needed prayer for something, you know. And right. I, I think if you would do that, uh, now don't, I'm not saying two miles, it, 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 you know, however long um, it you want it to be, if it's 10 minutes. But just pray out loud, and and you could start with, Lord, would you teach me how to pray? And there are those of us who grew up not knowing, and we we didn't we didn't pray out loud. And the issue isn't for somebody to hear it; it's to keep us literally uh, like guardrails. It's it's keeping us focused on. I am talking with you. Thank you for understanding. And then thank him for those scriptures that you're reading in the book, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. We will send the keys for living called depression, walking from darkness into the dawn. Also, we have fear, no longer afraid. Those are going to tonight's caller, and we do that free of charge. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate, and we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. 
Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.